I'm Kimberly. I'm Raina. And we're each other's hype women, and we're obsessed with each other's aspirations, boardrooms, and goals. Join us as we talk about our experiences of unfucking up our lives, Asian identities, careers, and just life in general. We can be your hype women as well. Welcome to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. Thank God 2020 is over. <laughs> is it? I'm tired. I thought, I thought, I thought 2021 would be like, yes. Like, you know, like, wow. It feels different. It doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like we have, you know, keys to like a time machine or anything. But I feel like 2021, you know, it's a fresh start. You can set new goals. Like it's a little different, right? Like a different perspective. Don't you think so? This is where you have to coach me through it. (laughs) Okay, well, you know, since our podcast is all about like, you know, setting uh, goals and having aspirations and whatnot, what are your goals for this year, Kim? Do you have goals? Do you set goals? goals i have been you know this about me but i have been an avid bullet journal person a bullet journaler bullet journalist bullet journalist i like that bullet journalist yeah yeah. yes i love to bullet journal and i've been doing that since actually when i started coaching um and i do this i do an a year end and i also do my goals for 20 uh my new goals for the next year so i cannot live without my journal and for those who don't know what bullet journaling is, we'll get into that. But it's it's like a craze. It's a thing. It's a huge community, bullet journaling. And I can selfish to say I can't even like plan my like next hour without journaling. What? Like I'm dead serious. That's yeah. amazing. How long have you been bullet journaling for? I remember you used to do this like when I was living in Toronto still. Yeah, I think I'm on my fourth or fifth journal right now. I think I've been starting since I was 20, end of 2016 going into 2017. I got into bullet journaling when I saw this post on Instagram. It was from uh, writer Carol. He started this bullet journal phenomenon. Uh, and it's all about rapid logging. It's about how to be the most efficient with organizing your time through analog channels like paper and pen. Mm. Yeah. So bullet journaling, and I'm not going to get into it. If you really want to go and understand what bullet journaling is, go to the website, Um Writer does a very great job at explaining it step by step, <laughs> bullet by bullet. <laughs> but the whole idea is to organize your future logs, your next six months, how to store data and go back and assess the data and slash goals um, on a monthly, weekly, yearly timeline. Oh Basically, God. yeah, like you can you can customize it however you want. But the point is, um, by recording it analog style, like a pen and paper, you fully understand what is a priority and what isn't with, you know, when you have these timers, you can snooze it, you can migrate things on your computer and forget it. And you could just keep moving it forward. But when you have to physically move your like daily items that you don't get through every day, you makes you wonder, like, I have to write this out again. Like, I didn't, I didn't do my laundry for the last five days. And I keep saying we're gonna do my laundry. If I haven't done if I keep writing it down, and I haven't crossed it off my list. How is this a priority right now? It's not. So it it really forces you to look at what you're migrating, what you're writing, and tracking it too. Like, you know, you go back three months and you're like, I've noticed 
that I've said, I'm going to start a diet, <laughs> or I'm going to do my workout at, you know, at this time, this, on this t- date, or this particular workout, and I just keep putting it off. What's why? So the bullet journaling or rapid logging has been super, super important to me. And my, my bullet journal that I use is the one that he recommends. It's the Lek Troom. I'm showing it to you right now. I'm holding it up like as if the listeners can see it, but I'm, I'm showing Raina. Is walk me through this. I also have one. <laughs> oh, oh my god, you're on it too. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't bullet journal. Um, this is just like my notebook of different like coaching calls with clients or like my coaching sessions with my coaches, things that I'm learning. Like it's very kind of all over the place, but organized within my head. Um, because I tend to remember things um, kind of like where I wrote it. So if you ask me, I don't know, like when you, if you ask me like, oh, tell me about that, like one thing about that PQ. And I'd be like, oh yeah. So then in my head, I'm like, right. It's on like the top right-hand corner of a page next to something, something. So I kind of like visually Ah. remember where it is. Um, And then it actually has a good like table of contents. I love that about the lectrum. Lectrum? Are you confused with the pronunciation, Kimberly? I need your help. (laughs) So (laughs) I had a feeling that this was going to happen. So I actually got one of my dear German friends to record like her pronouncing it because I don't want to butcher it on the podcast either. I thought you were learning German from your the bakery guy. <laughs> uh, I'm also taking German classes twice a week, but I haven't gone to the chapter of stationery yet, Kim. So <laughs> chapter of stationery. <laughs> I also said that like one time um, I was at the florist. I think this was like three months into Germany and I was going to get flowers for my team and I get to the florist and then in my head, I'm like, shit, I haven't gotten to the flower chapter yet in my textbook. I don't know how to order flowers. <laughs> So I just kind of winged it and pointed out some things and it was fine. <laughs> and write that down in your bullet journal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I got my dear friend Christine to uh, record herself actually pronouncing it correctly. Leuchtturm 1917, erweckt den Drehgriffel aus den 20er Jahren wieder zum Leben und macht ihn für dich zum unentbehrlichen Begleiter für deinen Alltag. Where does she say the journal name? <laughs> Where? So, so, so that's her reading the name, uh, which is Leuchtturm. And then Leuchtturm. she uh, re- reads the company description. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's not that long. <laughs> well, I just realized you're living now in the home of like stationery and you're in the embodiment of all the stationery that I love. You being Japanese and you living in Germany. That is all my stationery. That's true. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Like, um, Joe and I were at a stationery store yesterday, and basically half the store is German and the other half is Japanese. I'm like, is this me? Is this my life? <laughs> You're a store. <laughs> and then throw but, in like like some maple syrup in there and perfect. Yeah, call it a day. Yeah. Wait, so, okay, let's let's go back of, of why we love like wh- why why stationary Rena? yeah oh my god why stationary so i feel like stationary for me is stationary for me equals japan japan is the land of stationary it's like got the most amazing pens and notebooks and paper and 
um, organization and everything you can ever imagine. And when I was growing up, I grew up in Taiwan, um, but every year I would go back to my parent, grandparents' place. And there was this tiny stationery store owned by this like tiny old Japanese man. And the store was called Jugemu. I have, I don't know if it exists still, but it was like my favorite place to go to when I would go back to Japan because I would like take a walk with my grandma from her house into Jugemu. And then we would look at all the like cute stationery and notebooks and things. And she would be like, okay, you know, here's your budget of like 500 yen, which is like five bucks. And she's like, you know, you can buy whatever you want. And I would just go nuts. And that just kind of like, I think sparked my love and, you know, interest in stationery. And honestly, like till this day, if I had all the money in the world, I just want to own a stationery store. I've literally said that since I was like 10 years old. Let's file that away as merchandise for this podcast. <laughs> I just love good quality stationery. And I think Japanese stationery, even though it's super high quality, it's not that expensive. It really isn't, which is hilarious to me because, you know, pens can be so expensive here in, in North America. Yeah. People can spend so much money on this. And all the good stuff that I love, the the, the Japanese brands I love are not as expensive. Yeah. Like, it's good quality because it's a standard there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, most of the pens are, like, 100 yen, which is, like, a buck. Yeah. And I paid $5 for a pen, and I'm like, that doesn't seem right. (laughs) But you do it because it's you know that it's good quality, right? No, but, like, I should just go back to my Japanese brands. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's, one, I like it better. Uh, So, like, on the flip side for me, the other side is German brands. Yeah. Um, And now, now that we're having this conversation, I realize... These countries are also known for efficiency. Efficiency and like high quality. Like people don't have time to be using useless shit. I need it to fucking work. Yes. And like function. It's like design and function together. Wow. We just came through this long winded way of just coming to this (laughs) like epiphany of why this is so important to the podcast. Yes. Like we're all about function and being efficient and being... You know, like, we're go-getters. Yeah. And these things make us happy. Oh, my God. They make us so happy. Yeah. Okay, tell me about your love for stationery. When did it start? Oh, I think I'm the same as you since I was a kid. Yeah. I was obsessed with stickers. And I still oh, yeah. say Asian culture in terms of stationery and cuteness and fun are a lot better because they can merge everything Um in a way that makes you happy. Yeah. And this is why I love to burlet journal because I can customize it to how I want it. Yeah. I could do little doodles. I can color code. If I don't like how a month is going, I could change how I want to do the layout for the month, how I want to organize myself for the month. It's like a refresh of a restart visually. What do you enjoy more? Like laying out your bullet journal, like look of it or like actually recording what you need to do and stuff? The layout. Oh, 100%. I'm all about the layout. I need to know that my layout is on fleek before I can even do anything. I'm dead serious. And I do think I've always loved stickers. And actually, it's so funny that I mentioned it because here's here's an old layout that I did a few months ago. I'm going to share with Raina. Um, but you guys can't see it. But maybe I'll take a picture. Oh, that'd be um, great. These are all stickers <gasps> that I've laid out each square. So think of a calendar. Each square, I have laid out 30 squares on my bullet journal oh <laughs> my god and I, and I think this all stemmed at a young age because i loved stickers and i think i still love stickers yeah and how can i 
how can I put it all together? And it, yeah, I think it was the colors. It was the the drawing aspect, but at least being organized. It's just stickers allow you to be organized and still have fun. Ah, <gasps> oh, you're like making my heart dance. That's so cute. <laughs> and I love that. I like it's a cultural thing. I think so. So the journal um, planner culture in Japan is still huge, even though so many people, you know, obviously use technology and digitalizing everything. And I don't use any paper planners anymore because I just, I don't know, I have a work calendar, I have my coaching uh, business calendar, I have my personal calendar, and I just have too much to manage that. I stopped using paper planners like a couple of years ago, but I was quite religious about my paper planners. And every year I would go back to Japan for the New Year's and I would drag um, one of my best friends, Sarah, with me to this like amazing department store called Loft, which you would go like you would just die in there, Kim. Like, yeah, I think it'd be broke. Yeah. I, you and I need to go to Japan together. Anyway, um, I would drag my friend uh, Sarah with me and then we would spend like three hours looking at every single possible iteration of a planner. And some of them are like Sailor Moon themed. Some of them are like stick figure. Some of them are like Toy Story. Some of them are like puppies or like really simple. Like it doesn't matter. Like whatever you can imagine you want for yourself, you will find it. And it's That's a huge market. Like people still do this. It is. And I and I think even here in, in Western culture, that's still very like they opened a Muji here. Am I even pronouncing yeah. it right? Yeah, it's Muji, yeah. They opened it about three years ago, I believe. Three, four years ago here in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was all about like the stationery, the pens. Yeah. To this day, I'll talk to certain friends and like, oh my Muji pen. Yeah. Like I need I need that pen. And I'm like, that is so prevalent to this day here. Oh my gosh, she's <laughs> I'm holding Raina's up my, holding. my Muji pen. And it's it's so fascinating how Muji sells a lot of things. Yeah. All right. But here in at least Western culture, all everyone I know or speak to, it's all about that stationery. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever felt the quality of the paper in their notebooks, but it's like a really nice smooth touch. And it's not like those flimsy three ring binder notebook papers mm-hmm. that you use for like school. Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> yeah. No, get that garbage out of here. Yeah. Aesthetic to me is such a big thing. I don't and I don't think that's a, a woman trait. I don't think that's a female trait. Yeah. There are a lot of um I guess it's an it, like it's a it can be a male thing. You you can make your aesthetic as as you want it, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be cute, it doesn't have to be pink, it doesn't have to you know, your aesthetic is your aesthetic. But that visual aesthetic is yours and only yours. Yeah. And if that's how you keep organized, so let's let's throw it out there. Like, for example, we were talking about uh my my oh, Lectrum. I'm so sorry to your friend. I've just fucked it up again. But this is nice I'm a loyalist. I use a bullet, so my bullet journal is using a dotted grid system. Ah, yeah. So instead okay. of yeah, instead of lines, they're dots. Okay. So I can custom my layout to however I want, um, but still gives you the like linear organized yeah. organization that you need. But you've used different types of journals, different types of papers to be organized. Um, I'm 
I don't really know much because I I'm a very like I just stick to what I like. But you, I, I'd love to know what are the brands that you use and love. Yeah. So um, a couple years ago, I bought a notebook from Shinola Detroit. So I'm holding it up for you, Kim. And that is gorgeous. Yeah, it's a really nice hardcover notebook, and the paper quality is just amazing. And I got it at their store in Toronto. That's no longer there. But I got it um, monogrammed as well. So I got one for me and I got one for Joe for Christmas. And the paper quality is just, um, I can't stop talking about it. It's just so nice and thick. And I use like the grid version because mm. I really like writing small and writing big, like depending on what my mood is and also depending on what pen uh, pen I'm using that day. And also how I'm feeling that day. So it's really good for me to be able to write within that square or go bigger if I want to. And I'm not kind of like ruled by the lines, lines. in a notebook. I totally agree. So for those who are listening in our, our, our don't care about paper culture or stationary <laughs> culture, just look outside of the box of linear paper. When you have a grid or dotted style, it really allows you to expand how you want to be creative. Oh, yeah. You are not, at least in Western culture, we go left to right. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not boxed into that way of thinking. Yeah. And so, you know, by exploring how you even write could really help you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And um now I'm curious, what pens do you use for your bullet journaling? Oh my God, I have so many, but right now my my biggest pick is the uh, Stead, another German brand, Stedler, Stead, Steidler, Stedler. Oh, the Stedler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Triplus Gel. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit thicker. I was using the, the Microns before. Okay. At a, a point, I think it's a point five, yeah. point zero. What are the numbers? Point threes. So the Stedler Triplus Gel is a little bit thicker than what I'm used oh. to, but I love the Glide. Ooh, yeah, Glide is important. It is. It's quite important. So that is, and I like the boldness the inkiness, yep. but I go into moods. So there are days where I'll go back to my micron yeah. and I want that like fine, fine, fine point yep. three. And problem is because they're so fine and because I'm like too stressed out when I write, I break them, break all the tips. Oh. I broken. Yeah. I break I all my archival pens. I have broken. So you're really an aggressive writer. I am. I don't fuck too many feelings, Raina. But uh, this one is not like you can. I'm showing the tip too, as if anyone could see this. <laughs> but uh, the tip is a little different, so it's a little more sturdy. Okay, that's why I, I okay. switched. Yeah, I use these pens. Do you have these ones as well? The is that the Stabilo? Yeah. So I always thought that it was Stabilo as well. No, I have met Westerners who pronounce it Stabilo, kind of like how we pronounce it, like. Adidas, but in Germany it's actually Adidas. Adidas, right? Yes. So yeah, Stabilo, and Stabilo, for this as well, shit. I, <laughs> I got my dear friend Alina to also record how we should properly pronounce this brand, and I also got her to read the company description. And Alina um, is a uh, there's a shout out for her because she's half Thai and half German, so. Wanted to bring on a fellow Asian woman on here. Okay, here it goes. Stabilo. Stabilo bietet eine große Auswahl an Stiften zum Schreiben, Malen und Markieren. Tradition und höchste Qualität seit über 160 Jahren. There you go. Wait, so Stabilo. 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 
stabilo. Stabilo. Yeah, stabilo. Yeah. Okay, we're not too far. We're not too off, far off. No, but definitely not accurate. <laughs> Closer than the lech. Oh, I already forgot how to say it. Leichtum. Leichtum. Oh, that's gonna take a while for me to get used to. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I love the pen that you have right now. The stabilo. <laughs> yeah, I'm using um, the point eighty eight fine zero point four for like um, like regular. Like if you if you were if we were talking in like HTML, this is like my body font. <laughs> <laughs> this got nerdy so fast. <laughs> and like my header one is the Stabilo Pen sixty eight. It's a little bit thicker. And I also use. Um, do you ever do you have any Sarasas? Yes, I do. Yeah, I have that in black. Yeah. That's a, a 0.5. This one is a 0.5 that I have. Yep, that's the one I have in black. Yeah, so this is the Zebra Sarasa, which is the Japanese brand. The cool thing about Sarasa is that it's from an onomatopoeia in Japanese called Sarasara. And Sarasara means like things that are like very like fine and like very nice to the touch, like smooth to the, the touch. I did not know that. And now that makes sense because that pen is super smooth. Yeah. So that's why it's called Sarasa. Like they didn't use the whole word Sarasara, but that's why it's called Sarasa. That is so cool. Okay, listeners, who would have thought you were also going to get a language lesson today? <laughs> that's true. And I also like to use the Pilot Friction pens because they're the erasable ones. How do you feel about erasable pens? I like it because sometimes I can't commit to things. Sometimes I have commitment issues. Okay, I maybe I just haven't found the right erasable, erasable pen, so I'm going to try that one. Yeah, that's a good one. And I also want to talk about my um, mechanical pencils. So I didn't use mechanical pencils for a long time, but now that I'm taking German class, I like to use a pencil because I make a lot of mistakes and I just want to like erase it, right? So the mechanical pencil that I've been using for a couple of years now, a uh, couple of years now, is called the Kurutoga. This is also Ooh. a Japanese one from um, Uniball. And the cool thing about this pencil is that what happened back in the day when you use a mechanical pencil and you wrote at one angle for too long? What happened? Oh, it just gets that, that slanted. And then when you try to rotate it, it like cuts through your paper or the yes, sharp end. Exactly. So the science in this pen, this mechanical pencil, is that it rotates for you inside Shut the up. lid. Yeah. So you don't ever have to turn the pencil yourself. It's internally turning already. That is amazing. <laughs> and like, you don't understand my face. Flabbergasted. Yeah. It is so freaking smart. Right? Yeah. So it's got like this, I don't know what the engineering is, but yeah, the lid turns itself so you can keep writing and writing and writing and you'll never get that slanted angle. Okay, can I get that in North America? I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> I don't even, well, to be fair, I don't even use mechanical pencils, but I'd want to use one just so I can use right? that one. Yeah. So like... Um, I know you listeners obviously can't see, but like, it's got like this, I don't know, like a clear, it almost looks like a little motor or something, but obviously it's not. We'll post it on our Instagram. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Also, this is all unsponsored. This is just, this is like a freaking Oprah's favorite thing yeah. right now. Yeah. It's <laughs> the tools fantastic. of the trade. Yeah. Oh my God. That is amazing. Like you don't understand. Okay. It, it, Kim, everyone's like, Kim, relax. That's a fucking pencil. No, You no. don't get it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is for stationary enthusiasts. Yes, completely. And oh, so, you know, going back to my Shinola Detroit notebook, I loved this notebook and I wanted to get another one. 
But the shipping to Germany, I think it was only from like a hundred, like if I purchased a hundred books or something. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just, you know, stick to notebooks that I can buy in Germany. And that's why I decided to go with a life to him myself. And I have to say, like, I also quite enjoy the paper quality. It's not as thick as the Shinola Detroit one, mm-hmm. but it does its job. <laughs> Do you, how, why did you switch journals? Like, why that particular brand? Because there's so many other So I've also used moleskin before, but the moleskin paper quality, I find, is good, but it's too thin for me. So I think the Leichtum was a little bit more of like a nice in the middle paper. Mm -hmm. And then the Shinola Detroit still is a winner for me because it's a little bit thicker. It does make the notebook a little bit heavier, but I like that thick paper. And that's that's the thing for me because it needs to be a little more lightweight with more pages because I literally take my bullet journal, my like room everywhere, oh. everywhere. There was a moment where I'd almost be like a security blanket. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So my my bullet journaling really helped me in my coaching days, not me receiving coaching, because when I would have these talks with my coach... I just had all these ideas yeah. and I didn't know how to put them into action. And that's how I got into bullet journaling. That's how I got into my Lightroom. And the the system that they had in place really helped me organize my day-to-day, my life, my goals, my aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it got to the point where I love to put in my purse. And if you guys don't can't see, it's the st- – I don't know what's the A. Yeah. What's what size the size? Um, it's, a, it's a size medium. Is this an A5, maybe? A5? Yeah, I think it's an A5. Yeah. And it it fits it fits so well into everything. And it's not this giant like notebook that you have to carry around places. Yeah. Like it's it's just the size of it is perfect. And that's what I loved about it. Yeah. Um and also that I love the table of contents. I don't know, does the Shinola Shino, what's the other one? No, the Shinola Detroit doesn't have a table of contents. But um I remember my friend Conrad, he also used to use a lot of journals and he would make his own table of contents. So Mm. that kind of inspired me. So even with my Shinola Detroit notebook, um, I tried to do a table of contents and I like even numbered my pages. But with the life term... They're already numbered. It's already numbered. Yeah. And fun fact, if you scroll, if you scroll, (laughs) if you go, if you go to the last few pages, they're perforated. So if you need to pull out, tear out some paper really quickly. No way. They're perforated. They're pre-perforated. Oh, my God. It is. (gasps) You are so right. And then at the end, there's a pocket in which I could put my receipts and stickers. Oh, my God. Where does this perforated thing start? Page 229, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, fun fact. So people are like, am I really going to listen about paper? Yes, you fucking are. Okay. <laughs> because most likely you're, you're probably, if you're listening to this, you probably have days where you're a fucking hot mess. Let's oh, be yeah. real. Let's be all honest. Like on a scale to one to 10, how organized are you, Rena? I'm going to say 9.5. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for my honesty. No, that doesn't surprise me. You're actually one of the most organized. Per- That's why I, mean, I don't think I could have done this podcast without you. You are, <laughs> by definition, the most organized, like literally organized. Um, I love yeah, being I, organized. Yeah. You do. I love the aesthetic of organization. Mm-hmm. I need to force myself 
to do it because I'm not organized. I am oh. a mess. Even before this recording, I messaged you. I need an extra 25 minutes. I'm a hot mess. Yeah, um, which is totally fine. But like, I, I don't, if I don't have an organization that I like, or if I don't put that extra effort in, everything in my week has been messed up. It impacts my day. So I'm almost, it's like a dependency on this organization because I'm a zero from a one to 10 or yeah, from a scale to zero to 10. I don't think I'm the most organized, but I force myself to. So people think I'm like an eight. But what I find interesting is that even though you love doing this bullet journaling and all of that, you still think that you're not organized. But aren't you organized because you put the you have the willingness to do this? Yeah, it's like the chicken or the egg. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like the the problem is the follow through is so hard for me. Oh. So I will be writing, I'm like, oh, didn't do it this day, next day, next day. And I keep writing it out for the next day okay. to the point where I'm like Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're you're organized. You've wrote it out. You've assessed. That's like the definition, I guess, of being organized. Yeah. But but if I if I were just to go on like pure like who I am fundamentally, I feel you, Reina, would still be organized if, uh, if okay. something happened. Yeah. Without your notebook. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I think you are. Your reliance on the notebook is not as heavy as mine because I'm already organized without it. Is that yeah? What like for example, yeah. you said you don't do paper planners anymore. Yeah. Right. Because and the notebooks right now are just more to like jot your ideas yeah. to record notes. Yeah. They're not to keep organized because you have a lot of um, digital stuff yeah. like your phone. Your I need both. Mm. I need to write it out. I need to have a post-it note on my table. I have to have a whiteboard in my office. I did I buy a just... whiteboard like influenced by you. I oh. did. What? I did buy one. But you see, you, you would be you would function fine without it. That's true. I haven't erased it in three weeks. <laughs> But I, I need, and I'll, maybe I'll show you a picture of how I did it, but I did a grid style on a whiteboard. And I also have, I use my, my calendar mm-hmm. and I need, and I have sticky notes also on my computer. So people are like, you're super organized. No, it's because I'm a freaking hot mess how that I need to do it. Is your desk organized? Not religiously. I have to make, a, I actually have to pencil that in. In my bullet journal to organize my desk weekly. But but I find that for a lot of people, that's such a great idea to, um, I've also um, worked on this with a client where she really struggled with getting things done and like not knowing what her priorities were. So I got her to literally write out every single thing that she needs to get done from literally like, um, get out of bed like like make a checklist and the first one was get out of bed um and then the next one was like wash my face and brush my teeth like that was like the second thing and i kind of got her into this habit of okay i can accomplish very little things therefore i can probably accomplish other big things as well so i do love what you're doing i think that makes sense yeah if, if she she sounds like me and <laughs> She knows. She's 100% me. If I don't, like, okay, so when I was going on to a new face routine, I love, that's gonna be another episode, but I, I have, like, a seven-part, like, seven-step morning routine and, like, an eight-part night routine for my skin. Yeah, your skin is, like, fucking glowing. Oh, thank you! Oh, my God! No, that really makes me, me so happy. Um, I mean, is Raina, it your skin quality, or...? Uh, I have to say that my routine is really great because all thanks to my bullet journal. And I would literally write out my routine. 
my morning routine. Okay, walk me through it super quickly. Okay, I don't do it now because I I'm now good, but uh, like I've I've now got into a steady um, habit, and I know now it works for me. But I had to record which ones, which product to use, what was working, what wasn't, what I had to rotate yeah, out. That makes sense. Um, when to use a direct acid, when to not. People who are like, "What is this now? Stationary or a face routine?" <laughs> but <laughs> I would I would have to kind of track some of these things so I knew how to plan for tomorrow right because if you use retinol the day before you need to use like more sunscreen and things like that exactly yeah so for example i'm now looking okay i just found something october was my big one yeah i did it daily yeah okay so my uh, ordinary squalene cleanser uh two my toner my uh balancing essence water my hyalamide hyalamide whatever uh by the ordinary my niacinamide my retinol cream, my Clarins moisturizer, and then my Innisfree eye cream. Seven steps that I wrote down. I love you. This is so great. This brings me so much joy. <laughs> that was literally penciled in um, in my planner to make sure I do all those steps. So do you look at your planner while you're doing the skincare routine? When I first started, yes. Okay. And then you just kind of got the hang of it and you were like, I know what to do next. Building habits. I think, I think if you want to build, uh, so there's a great book. It's the Atomic Habits. Oh yeah. Um, oh my gosh, you know who the author is? I'll put that in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you got to start somewhere, right? Even though you tell yourself you're going to do this one thing over and over and over again, like what you as a coach told your client, start with waking up. What are those things that you need to write down? Even if you think they're stupid. Even making my bed, I wrote down. Yeah, I think that's. That's a really good thing to do. Just get into the habit to set up See, habits. And, but this is like, I'm going to ask you, you don't, you don't need to write that down. Mm, no, but... See, see organized. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think, I mean, I also don't have... So I've cut down on my skincare products since I've moved to Germany. Um, and mm. so I have a much shorter routine. So I kind of know what I need to do. And I haven't experimented with like retinoid and stuff like that. So there's nothing that's different or like things that I need to remember for the next day to do or not to do. But you don't you don't need to write down making my bed, getting out of bed, my like you know, sometimes. Well, okay. so when it comes to like work things, I definitely write like little steps out because I want to make myself feel good every time I accomplish like open outlook check. Or like I will also put into my Outlook calendar things that I have to do, but mark them as free so that people don't people can still book me in. Ah. Um, but they just come up as like alerts. But like you said, it's so easy to just click clear or like delay. So I do also rely on a paper to do list for work. And so I have this um well, I don't have it right now because I don't have a printer at home. But when I was working in the office, every week I would print out a new get shit done uh, to-do list, like an A4 size paper. And it literally says like get shit done at the top. And my boss would laugh at me. But it was like um, 30 check boxes and like lines next to them. So I would print off a new one and I would rewrite one every Monday morning. And then I would like go through that list every week. And whatever I didn't get done, I would then write it again from Monday morning. 
Ah. And the reason I did that was because for work, I don't really need to go back into my notebook and look at like, oh, what did I have to accomplish three months ago? Mm. So it's a bit wasteful, but like I would just throw that piece of paper away on a Friday because I, oh no, sorry, I would throw it out Monday morning, I guess, because I would rewrite the things. Mm. But it was like a fresh start for me. And that right there is the, the the basis of migration in bullet journaling is migrating yes. the things that you don't finish and start fresh as the next week. Yeah, and what's exactly. That and then by writing it out, I'm already forced to think about it again. Because mm-hmm. there were projects where I was like, I knew I didn't need to get it done for like months. So I would just rewrite it every week. And I was like, oh, if I just like get that done, I don't have to write it out. Eggs. That is me all the time. But the yeah. thing is, I'm because I'm scatterbrained, I end up writing it out every single time. Mm. Uh, but then, like you said earlier, maybe that's not as high of a priority then. Yeah. If you really don't need to get it done. So so what I do after the end of the month, I will look at all the stuff that I've just been writing and not finishing. And will it go into my six-month plan or my full-year plan? So this is called the migration process. In your future log, it is six-month setup. So if you're putting something off, Move it to the three-month mark and come back to it. There's no point in you writing it out, writing it out, writing it out if you're not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so that has made me really stop and think. There was a part where I was learning, trying to learn French and it just wasn't happening. And I'm like, yeah. let's stop and be honest with yourself, Kim. Is this a priority? <laughs> and even though I don't write the micro things out like make your bed, I do have on my iPhone, um, not my like home screen, but what do you call it? Like the first page of like all your apps and stuff. For me, it's actually not apps. On my iPhone screen at the top is my calendar. Then the middle is a to-do list for every day. And then a to-do list for today. So for my every day, I have um, the first one is eat well, veggies, fruits, protein, fiber, less sugar, snacks, and carbs. (laughs) Then second one is workout or stretch. Third one is read. Um, my goal for 2020 um, was 12 out of 12 books. Um, and so for 2021, I want to up that to like 15 out of 15 books. That's amazing. Um, and then I have Duolingo and German homework. Um, another one I have is cook slash freeze. So basically, these are things that I want to do every single day. And I don't actually necessarily check it off, but it's like a visual reminder right, of like right. things that I have to like get done every day. Um, and then my to today um, reminder part is like um, Instagram for a podcast, um, German homework because I have German class tomorrow. Um, and I have like Instagram stuff that I have to do for my business. So things that I have to do like today is on another list. That's amazing. So you have your own system all on your phone. I do. And I think it's because I pick up my phone more than I pick up my journal or my notebook. And I don't go everywhere with my notebook like you do, Mm -hmm. which I so admire. Um, And with my notebook, like if I pass that page, then I'm not looking at it anymore. You know, like I needed like a a constant visual thing. Right, 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 right. Well, that's why I also have my like my sticky notes on my laptop as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do you use physical stickies as well? Oh, yeah. Or just the stickies on on your computer? Physical stickies, yeah. When I'm taking notes, uh, I even have stickies in my journal. I'm showing you Serena right now. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, they're all stickies. Because it pops out even more. Yeah, and I have all the, I use the typical colorful ones, like the highlighter pink, the highlighter green, the highlighter blue. Yeah. Just because it makes me feel nice. 
But yeah. I, I'm not color. Now in hindsight, though, I'm wondering how many trees I'm killing. But hmm. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, maybe there's a more a better green approach to this. Hmm. But I do think, you know, this goes back to our audience. What is it that you need to be organized? How are you going to tackle 2021? So usually what I do is before the year ends, I will write down, um, I'll go through my entire journal of that year and just like reflect. What did I, what did I promise myself in February that I didn't do now? And reassess and bring that over as my 2021 kind of goals or my next year goals. So for example, um, you know, I'll, I'll use salsa lessons. In 2018, I was like, I really want to learn how to do salsa. Really, I did some lessons, but it wasn't I wasn't as good as I I'd hoped to be. So I migrated for 2019 and altered it. I want to do a performance, a salsa performance in 2019. I remember this. Yeah, and so and I, we did it. My husband and I did it. Yeah. Um, but I it was all thanks to like looking at my goals. I'm like, okay, was I happy with that? Not necessarily. I did it, but was that the goal that I really set out for myself? It wasn't at the skill level that I wanted to be. So what will further that? A performance. You're gonna your ass is gonna be lit if you're gonna fucking do a performance. Oh so I put that in my goal. Yeah. I'm gonna do performances. I did two performances in twenty nineteen. And so twenty twenty was like, okay, what's that gonna be? Obviously Salsa is dead right now because yeah. COVID. Um yeah. and then twenty twenty one, it's like, okay, what can I do to make sure I'm still practicing? At home. Oh my god, I love this so much. So yeah, I, I I put that in my 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 key revisiting salsa for twenty twenty one. How to do a solo performance? <laughs> I'm so proud of you. But I think you know people are like, I'm just gonna write it down. But like, no, you have to go back and look at those goals. And and to me, at least writing that down and reflecting and yep. coming back to it, and then also doing, you know, a lot of people will call it uh, what's it called like um news resolutions. Yeah, people hate that. People love it. It is what it is. To me, it's a New Year's yeah. resolution. Uh, yeah, but you need to like mentally prepare what you want to do. Yeah, for the new leaf. It's so true. It's so true. And I think writing things out just makes such a big difference than like you just thinking it or like even typing it out. Really, like pen to paper makes a difference. Do you do a New Year's resolution? I'm so curious. How do you goal set? So. My goal setting is actually always with my family. So for in Japan, um, it's New Year's tradition to have like a New Year's breakfast with your family. And with my family, um, you know, my mom usually in Japan like makes like a four layered, like very traditional Japanese breakfast. And as we're eating this, we all have to go around the table and talk about like our reflection of the last year and then what our goals are for this year. <sighs> I love everything about that. <laughs> so my family and I will like, you know, have to like kind of vocalize that. And like every year, like there are tears because there are things we couldn't do and like things we want to get done for this year. Um, and, you know, right now with COVID, you know, we're not getting together with our families, but um, I'm trying to keep that tradition alive with my husband. But now that I'm kind of like saying it out loud, like I think I do need to write down my goals somewhere because I think I write them down somewhere. But like, I don't I can't remember. Right. And that actually kind of brings me to my next point, which is that like, 
in 2020 as part of my business I um, as a freebie you can still find it on my website but it's called the 2021 goal setting workbook and I made that so that people can download it and set goals for the entire year so it's kind of like bullet journaling but already kind of pre-made for you because the workbook is broken up into months on the first page and then every page is by uh, three months each and then each month also gets broken down into like more checklists and things. So I wanted to give, um, you know, people who download this as a freebie to not be like, okay, I'm going to lose like 60 pounds this year. I'm going to uh, find a new job and I'm going to move houses. Like those are really big lofty goals. And I wanted people to be able to break it down into smaller things. So it's like, okay, in order to find a a new job by, let's say, August, what are the things you're going to start doing in January, February, March, and break it down into like little bite-sized pieces so that it's a lot more, like you can stomach that a lot better. Because actually you brought up a point before is I feel like that's a very Marie Kondo mindset. (laughs) That's so true. I do like her. Do you like her? I love her. I bought her book right when the English, the first edition English came out. Oh, no way. Yeah, because that was originally, it was originally in Japanese. Yeah, yeah. And then they translated it. And I, because there were so many people who've taken from the original, I guess, print or edition, and, and, and I was already following it, but now to read it and I had it as an audiobook on top of that. So like, oh. I would sleep having like the Marie Kondo effect <laughs> wash over me. I love that. Yeah. But, but I think the popularity with her, and I think you've also mentioned the home edit, is yeah. like breaking they what they do is they break down these very uh they look very heavy heavy problematic boulders to move big things it gets yeah it's like these big things that i have to accomplish like cleaning my whole house or decluttering my whole home yeah. um or even the home edits like you see these closets where i'm like what what just happened in there i'm not looking yeah. at that. it's easier to close the door on it than to deal with it yeah and what i love what i found so therapeutic about um these shows or these books or the kind of their their idea behind it is how can you break it up to be smaller and to also work for your life? Yeah, that's so important. Right. So like at first I thought the Marie Kondo thing of, of or acknowledging, like saying goodbye to my sweater. Like, thank you, yeah. sweater, for your service. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, like, go look it up. You literally yeah. have to say, like, thank you for your service and like putting it away. Yeah. I thought that was so dumb until I did it. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, that is the, I need to acknowledge that. So when I don't do something or if I'm trying to cross something off my list or, you know, when I'm trying to organize my time, I kind of look at it through the Marie Kondo lens of like, yeah, that having that gratitude, right? Yeah. Or like when you don't do something productive. Yeah. Right. That isn't on your list. You're like, oh, frick. I'm so, I'm such a procrastinator. I'm so guilty or I feel so bad. No, thank you, BTS, for taking up three hours of my day. I acknowledge it. Because it sparked joy for you. It sparked so much joy for me. Yeah. Um, and then you move on. So I do think this kind of idea of like breaking into chunks, like you said, that worksheet that you, you have is very similar to those ideas. Yeah. But from that, like what I love the most is like the gratitude piece. Mm. Because it's so easy to just take things for granted. Um, but it gives you so much perspective when you have gratitude. And when you're thankful and like, I think gratitude when I was younger was a lot harder of a concept for me to grasp. But as I get older, I can't, it resonates with me so much more 
Is there a way that you now like express your gratitude daily, weekly, monthly? So I have this diary on my phone that I don't keep every day, but sometimes if I have a thought, I just jot it down. And usually it's either something that I'm struggling with or something that I'm really thankful for. Like where, how, how has that, has that affected you? Has that changed how you, how you perceive things? Has it made you feel stronger? I think I have a lot more room for gratitude now. Um, I think, you know, not just with the, the journaling, but like with 2020 being the year that it was, um, on some days it was a lot easier to take things for granted. And some days I was a lot better at taking things like with gratitude. So I feel like it's kind of changed who I am. Wow. I don't know if it's COVID or I don't know if it's the journaling. Maybe it's the fact that I became a coach um, or like a life coach on top of what I already did. But yeah, I feel like 2020 was like a very um, enlightening year for me. That's amazing. All this stemmed from us talking about stationery. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> and speaking of gratitude, I just want to share this like one quick story because I had read an article about this man a couple years ago, but I looked it up again today. So um, there's this CEO um, of a company in Japan. Um, the company is called Yellow Hat. It's like an auto company, like an auto shops company. And the CEO, his name is Mr. Hide Zaburo Kagiyama. So Mr. Kagiyama. And um, he became famous um, decades ago because he started his company in the 60s. And um, he started to clean the toilets in his own company, even though he was like the CEO. And he said that in order for a company to run really well, I'm not going to just tell my employees and my staff to say and tell them, keep the office clean. Like I need to mirror that myself. Wow. So he started to clean the toilets himself without gloves. Like his thing is like I clean with like my bare hands because then you feel like the the texture and like you see more things because you're like doing it with your own bare hands. So of course he's just like a sponge and stuff for toilets. But he started to clean the toilets on his own. Yo, that's intense. And he did this for <sighs> 10 years. And he never asked any of his employees to clean the toilets. Um and apparently some employees even talked behind his back because they were like, why would the CEO clean the fucking toilet? And another person said like, oh, all our CEO does is clean the toilet. But he fundamentally believed that if you want a good company culture, no one's going to read like the mission statement and the value statement and like mirror that, you know, word for word. It comes from the company culture. And I want the company culture to start with a clean toilet and a clean office and like that then leads to trust. So apparently he was the only one cleaning toilets for the first 10 years and like no employees helped him and he never asked for help either. Wow. He was like, only do it if you want to do it. And he was the one who only who did it for 10 years. But then because of that, he gained so much more trust from clients and customers that his business like really blew up from there. And he started to clean toilets for other companies and like other organizations around him. And then eventually he became the head of an NGO or an MPO um, called like um, Making Japan Beautiful or like Beautifying Japan. And it's now this like huge organization in the country that also travels to different countries and cleans their toilets. Wait, what? 
Wait, is this yeah. a, is it now a cleaning company or is it? So he still runs his like auto company, but he's also, I think, like the chairman of this like you know cleaning organization. And he goes around the world giving talks about like how a lot of things can start from having a clean toilet and like you know as a CEO you're never above anything. That is so true. As a CEO, you still got to use the toilet. We're all using yeah. the same washroom at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. But isn't that a beautiful story? I'm sorry. I'm like now thinking about cleaning my own toilet right now. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm like really like, oh, I should really go clean my washroom now. Because it, yes, it's like the work culture aspect, but he makes a good point. Like you got to like clean up your, like, I maybe I'm taking something else away from it. You got to clean up your own life. You got to clean up that kind of, like, you can't expect to run a company if you can't clean your own shit. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah literally and figuratively yeah, yeah right if you can't clean your desk if you can't do these simple things how the hell are you going to lead a team how yeah. are you going to so that's amazing so the fact that he went in like pulled up his sleeves and and made this important to him shows like on a very micro level i value these things too yeah like, there's nothing exactly. too small that is that will go over my head yeah yeah, yeah. And he said that he became, his company became really famous for having earned a lot of trust because um, usually customers and clients would kind of check between the invoice and like the inventory and like what came in the box. But with his company, no one would check it because they already trusted them. Really? Yeah. So let's say, let's say, yeah, wait, wait, hold on. Why did, when did he, why did he stop cleaning toilets? <laughs> What happened? Why did he stop? Yeah. So what happened at the 10 year mark? Oh, no. Then at the 10 year mark, his employees started to volunteer to clean toilets with him. Oh, my God. Yeah. This just feels like a Mighty Duck story all of a sudden. (laughs) It totally does, right? They should make it into a movie. Like That's amazing. They're like toilets, toilets. Yeah. So this man, I think today is like 82 years old and is still like going around the world. And he goes to like China, Brazil, like those were the countries that I was reading about. But he goes to these countries and he goes and like cleans like their toilets with like, you know, their organizations. And then people stop him in the middle and of the street and go like, what are you doing? And he'll be like, oh, I'm cleaning toilets. And then people will start to like kind of like come around him and help him and stuff. Well, that's a great example of leading, leading through example. That's yes. a great example, leading through example. The lesson here too is, you know, doing these small things in your life can make such a big impact around you and you don't even know. Yeah. Like cleaning your toilet. Look what, he, look what he did from cleaning toilets. Yeah. Right. Or like even your worksheets that you have, like breaking those little things down, like, it's not it's not tedious, it's not tiny. Like those little things could build up and and in the book Atomic Habits, they say like your habits have to start from somewhere, right? Yeah. These micro habits compound to results. Yeah. And so my pen, <laughs> my little stabilo pen, <laughs> yeah, could be I don't want to say it's going to make me make bank, but is the difference of being motivated or not motivated. Yes. Right. So true. So if you don't freaking care about pens or stationery or toilets, there is something in your life right now that you could start building right now that could start those yeah. tiny habits. Yeah. You just have to find what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That thing that sparks your joy. Oh, Marie Kondo, coming back again. 
also Japanese. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. You know, the interesting contrast between the home edit and Marie Kondo was like, yeah, they're both organizing, but Marie Kondo was like soothing and calm and like peaceful and like, you know, the epitome of like tranquility. And then the home edit is like super fun, but like so much more like drama and like sweat and like loudness and color. Yeah. 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 I I enjoyed both. Yeah. They're like two different markets, but you're right. I do think like one was the tranquil, like, thank you sweater. And the other one was like, get that sweater the fuck out of (laughs) here. Get more more plastic clear, clear containers in there. Get more clear plastic bins. I've been on a binge now for acrylic bins. I can't even tell you right now. Oh. I am all about the acrylic bins thanks to the home edit. I feel like they've made contain the container store and like other places like so much money. No, one hundred percent. I yeah. Flight out was going to buy stuff from their website. I'm like, wait, it's just a clear plastic bin. I'm just going to go to. <laughs> I'm just going to go down the street and find one here. But yeah, I was this close to buying one just because I'm like, yes, clear plastic bins. But I think like, you know, the the commonality in all of this is that do what makes you happy, incorporate what makes you happy into your life and whatever you can make a habit out of, do that and it will lead to bigger things that you can accomplish, that you can set as goals and like to start small, right? Mm-hmm. Buy a journal. <laughs> Buy a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Buy a pen. Buy the mechanical pen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe maybe there is a drugstore pen that you love, right? And we're just like, yeah. you know, okay, great. You you love that pen. You cherish that pen. Yeah, it doesn't have to be something expensive. It doesn't have to be like, you know, the moleskin notebook with like the limited edition calf cover or whatever it is. Is that what you have? No. (laughs) I was like, is that what you're holding right now? (laughs) No, I've given up on my moleskins Uh, because the paper is too thin. Right. Sorry, moleskin. Um, But yeah, like there's a reason why we both buy notebooks that we like, pens that we like, because it just helps us with continuing doing things right oh totally basically like we're both obsessed with stationery and organizing and and you know keeping things like efficient and stuff so we would honestly love to know how you do it as well oh yeah obviously you can tell we just love talking about this so please like we need to start this conversation about stationery tell us your favorite pen it can be from the drugstore but i'm dead serious like i know that sounds so stupid but like i genuinely want to know what your favorite pen is like i i I, yeah i know i want to know too write in the comment section if there's a pen that you think we missed let us know recommend it i'm gonna fucking buy it 100 percent um and reina's recommendations too i'm probably gonna buy some of those if not all of them uh so if you bought something based on reina's or or my recommendation we want to know because i would love to know if this even made an impact on you I really hope so, because we really love talking about this. I know. You're just like, did I just listen to an hour about pens? I'm like, yeah, you did. And paper <laughs> and organization. And your life will be richer and better for it. You're welcome. In 2021. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. All right. If you love this episode, if you want to join us, our conversation on pens and paper, rate, subscribe. You can follow us on Apple uh, Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Kimberly. I'm Raina, and you've been listening to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. <laughs>